Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. You know, nature has given us some solutions to these issues. And so when we invest in growing and, and supporting nature and the natural um, elements um, that allow for resilience, we will cover a number of things. This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu does America. Yeah, not too long ago, Elon Musk's big spaceship just blew up upon re-entry. Uh, it was just going down towards the ocean. And I love that they called it the rapid, unscheduled disassembly of our, of our, aircraft, our spacecraft. And so we've adopted that here. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. We're pushing back against the rapid, unscheduled disassembly of America. You can use the promo code Stu and to save 10 bucks off your subscription. If you're watching on YouTube, just click like for just a second, if you don't mind. Subscribe to the channel and hit the bell for notifications. Daniel Horowitz is going to be here with the latest on our horrifying southern border situation. There was another shakeup in the banking industry over the weekend. I'll break that down for you. But we start by doing the woke Mind virus. Yes, it's a real thing. Elon Musk was on uh, TV with Bill Maher talking about it. You know, there was a time where Bill Maher was super liberal. He was this crazy liberal guy. And more and more, he seems like somewhat rational because the Overton window has moved so far. I don't think Bill Maher has moved much, if at all. He just all of a sudden sounds, in comparison to the crazy people we're seeing in the news every day, pretty sane. Elon Musk is kind of the same story. Elon Musk and Bill Maher criticized woke mind virus on real time is the headline. And it's like, you know, Elon Musk is not a conservative. I mean, he himself calls him he calls himself a moderate, which I think is fair, although he's you know super far left on issues like climate. Uh, there's a lot of that stuff uh, that he talks about and that I don't agree with at all. But I can handle that. I can disagree with someone and, you know, talk it out with them or just disagree. That's that's OK. Unless you happen to be on the far, far progressive left. Now, of course, Tucker Carlson was a, a, a big part of this conversation because he just got booted. He's apparently evil. He said bad things. He's off the air now. And he decided to go on Twitter and post a short video that did pretty freaking well. You may have seen it. Here's Elon Musk and Bill Maher talking about Tucker Carlson. But Twitter is not doing bad, right? I mean, I saw today that Tucker Carlson yeah. recently fired. You were just on his show and he lost his job, so I hope this isn't an well, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what are you, uh, the angel of death? You go yeah, around no, exactly. Get... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the typhoid Mary of uh, no. <laughs> talk shows. Uh, <laughs> but for some reason, people but just his, get fired after. His rant yesterday or today on Twitter did, mo- yesterday or something, uh, or it did more than, than yeah. every cable news monologue or yeah. something like that. Is that right? Well, t- Twitter has a tremendous audience. We didn't do anything, to be clear. We did nothing special whatsoever. I, I learned about it afterwards that he had posted something on Twitter. Mm. Um, so it's just that Twitter has a lot of people's attention. 
so, and it, it tends to be the people that are uh, that read read a lot or, or are interested in current events um, and um, generally are pretty influential. I mean, are these controversial thoughts. You know, Twitter's got a big audience. You know, the the type of thing that you could see uh, Tucker Carlson really getting excited for to get to get some attention. We'll see where this goes as we go forward. Um, Of course, the plan to sink Tucker Carlson and uh, rapidly disassemble his audience is on as well. Uh, Allegedly, some at Fox News in the PR department continually like to leak negative things about their hosts when they leave. And Tucker Carlson is no different. We've seen story after story pop up about the bad things he's been saying with internal cameras from Fox News providing the evidence. Shocking that none of these reporters can put it together that this is just Fox News trying to sink Tucker uh, Carlson. Now, of course, one of the things that they're trying to do is, uh, and Megyn Kelly made this point uh, the other day, they're trying to... um, basically separate Tucker from his audience. They don't want him to go somewhere else and take the audience with him. So they're trying to not only leak things that just make him look generally bad, but things that would make him look bad to his audience uh, that he called his uh, post He mentioned his fans were post-menopausal, was one of the reports. And then there's this dopey report. Uh, leaked footage shows Tucker Carlson trashing Fox News' streaming platform. And this is a message to other people who might have a streaming platform that, hey, Tucker's not going to be supportive. He's not going to help you. He's going to hurt you uh, behind the scenes. He's not not a team player. They want that message to be out there so other companies aren't giving him some big platform that they can go over to. Um, Let me give you a bit of this video. I don't think it's worth listening to the entire thing, but let me give you a clip here. I I don't want to be a slave to Fox Nation, which I don't think that many people watch anyway. Um, We're going to, because I, 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 you know, I'm like a representative of the American media now. Speaking to an exile in Romania and welcoming him back into the brotherhood of journalists. Nobody's going to watch it on Fox Nation. Nobody watches Fox Nation because the site sucks. So I'd really like to just put the dump the whole thing on YouTube. Um, But anyway, that's just my view. Um, uh, I'm just frustrated with uh, it's hard to use that site. I don't know why they're not fixing it. It's driving me insane. And they're like making like lifetime movies, but they don't they don't work on the infrastructure of the site. Like what? It's crazy. And it drives me crazy because it's like we're doing all this extra work and no one can find it. It's unbelievable, actually. I don't know who right, runs that. Uh, site. That's enough. You get the point. He's on a, a conference call. He's talking on speakerphone and the internal cameras of Fox News capture him and they leak it to the press. Uh, allegedly, um, you know, it's interesting to watch that happen because. Isn't that like a likable moment at some level for Tucker Carlson? Like he's just saying like, hey, like I'm frustrated. We're trying to do all this good work and no one can find it because the site doesn't work well. Now, if you're running the website, you might be a little frustrated by that, I suppose. But generally speaking, I think, you know, the fact that he wants to do good work and he wants people to actually see it is not a negative to a future employer. I I don't I don't know. I mean, I've never been on the Fox Nation site. You know, it's not something I'm I'm a subscriber to. Uh, but, I mean, look, I, I, we've had situations before, you know, here where we've produced stuff and maybe the site didn't work the way. It's, it's frustrating when you don't when you tr- you work hard on something and those sort of basic access points aren't as successful as you'd like them to be. He wasn't being ang- angry or impolite or anything. It was just him discussing what he, the problems he had with their service. This is silly. And it keeps happening over and over and over again. Um, so let me give you a little bit more from Elon Musk here, uh, because he's talking about really the larger issue here. 
what is this? What are we looking at? Because why these things keep happening over and over again is not a coincidence. Uh, Elon Musk likes to call it the woke mind virus. And if you watch this entire interview with Bill Maher, I mean, about 70 percent of it is them just fawning over each other. <laughs> it's basically apparently Bill Maher's a huge fan of Elon Musk, wanted to have him on for a long time. Musk seems to be similarly uh, uh, smitten with Bill Maher. Uh, So it was an interesting conversation. But this part about the woke mind virus is something that I think we all inherently know is going on. But this is how Elon and Bill go through it. How did it start and why? I was I was trying to figure out where where it's coming from. I think it's actually been a long time brewing um, in that it's uh, I think it's been going on for a while. it, 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 and um, the, the amount of indoctrination that, that's happening in schools and, and universities is, I think, far beyond what parents realize. Parents are just generally not aware of what their, their kids are being taught uh, or, or what they're not being taught. But um, they're, they're letting the kids think that they're well, equal. I mean, yeah, let me, let me, let me, give, you, let me give you an example that, that a friend of mine told me, which uh, you know, his uh, daughters uh, go to college in, in oh, sorry, go to high school in, in the Bay Area. Um, and um, and he, he was asking them, like, well, so who are the, you know, who are the first few presidents of the United States? Uh, the, the, they could name Washington. Uh, but, and I said, well, what do you know about him? Well, he was a slave owner. What else? Right. Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> right. I'm like, uh, okay, that's maybe you should know more than that. You know, yeah. Yeah. That, and that, that is the wolf mind virus. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just a small piece of it. We've been talking about it for years and years and years here. This is the problem. It's why we talk so much about school choice. It's why we talk so much about problems in universities. Because these things are real and they are setting a foundation for the country that is sending us in the wrong direction. Uh, it really it really is. And it, and it winds up like these people wind up graduating college eventually and get jobs and then do really stupid things like send Dylan Mulvaney cans of Bud Light with her picture on it, his picture on it. Uh, here's, uh, by the way, how's that working out for you? Stu Leonard's is a place uh, in... Uh, I don't know. I remember it being in New York, but it's I guess it's, you know, it's a regional chain. And I don't know. I would put it in the category of like a Trader Joe's ish type. Like it's it's I don't know. It's not it, like I they're always talking about fresh dairy, fresh from the farm, all that type of stuff. I wouldn't say it's like some big conservative outlet, but they do have Bud Light there, or at least for now. Bud Light sales are plunging 50 percent at tri-state area grocery chain Stu Leonard's over the Dylan Mulvaney ads. I mean, look, I, I was at a wedding this weekend and, you know, if you watched uh, the Power Hours we do here on uh, Studios America, special shows. You can go back and watch, though I do not encourage you to do so. Um, my, you, everyone drinks a beer at the beginning. I always pick Bud Light because it's easy to drink if you're going to drink a large amount of it in a short period of time. You want to go with something light and easy to drink, and Bud Light's fine for that purpose. It's not great beer or good beer. It's beer, and it's there, and it's available. Um, but, like, I was at the wedding this weekend, and I probably would have chosen Bud Light normally, but I went up there, and I was like, oh, jeez. Like, they had Miller Light and Bud Light, and I was like, well, you know what? I'll just take Miller Light. Because, honestly, like, I don't want to have a conversation about Dylan Mulvaney tonight. And I know if I have, I'm carrying around a Bud Light for the next, uh, you know, few minutes, uh, that's what's going to happen. Someone's going to come up and say, oh, the Dylan Mulvaney thing, what do you think about that? And and we're going to get a conversation about some guy dressed up as a woman. Do I want to do that? No. And that was the strength of Bud Light. Bud Light didn't say anything about you. It just said, maybe you don't like real beer. That's all it said about you. You know, it was easy to drink. It was so uh, past notice that it, would, it was almost like you were carrying a bottled water 
And honestly, when you drink it, you think that as well. But like, it just doesn't seem like much. And now it has become a statement on transgendered issues. Do I want, when I'm drinking a beer, to make a statement about transgender issue? The issue is, the answer to that is no. And even if you're not a boycotter, you just don't want to be bothered with the nonsense. And that's why we're seeing somewhere between 20 and 50% drops for Bud Light all across the board right now. And what's interesting about this is a lot of us as conservatives will look at this and say, these people are crazy. They're idiots. They're morons. What are they doing? And that is a totally legitimate point. I want to make sure that is clear. It is understandable to say what a stupid thing this was. But you have to understand that, that the pressures come from both sides on this issue. From conservatives, it comes from us not drinking Bud Light anymore. We don't you know, maybe want to drink Bud Light as much or at all. On the other side, there are organized pressure campaigns coming after these companies. And like you have to understand that they get into these positions and they don't know how to get out of them. Not every company is the same. Uh, the uh, Anheuser-Busch is facing now calls to reaffirm their support for trans community after Mulvaney pushback. Human Rights Campaign, which is a ridiculous pressure organization, calling on Bud Light to publicly reaffirm its support for the transgender community following weeks of right-wing pushback over the brewing company's recent partnership with transgender social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Now, a lot of these other beer companies are also very liberal. They also would be happy to get Dylan Mulvaney to be one of their spokespeople. But they didn't do it. Bud Light did. And now Bud Light is in this situation where it's hard to extract itself from. They are looking at this and they're saying, well, our sales are way down. But now, because they came out with a statement following saying, look, we didn't want to get in the middle of this. It was not our goal to become some transgendered uh, flashpoint. We just kind of, you know, we just wanted to promote our beer. Well, that's not going to be enough for the left. The left wants you to say the only reason we make beer is for transgendered people. And I don't know. I mean, that just seems like the wrong approach if they want to keep their customers. In a letter sent this week to Anheuser-Busch's head of human resources, Jay Brown, a senior vice president at the Human Rights Campaign Foundation, slammed the company's response to the controversy as, uh, as insufficient and cowardly. In this moment, it is absolutely critical for Anheuser-Busch to stand in solidarity with Dylan and the trans community. There's nothing absolutely critical about who they put on their beer Okay, there's never going to be a thing that they do that's absolutely critical to anybody. It's a stupid beer company. And they always blow this stuff up into ridiculous uh, proportions. Uh, this is a, a letter, by the way, that came out on April 26th. The Hill um, obtained it. However, when faced with anti-LGBTQ+, no Q, 2, I, or A, We've noticed your transphobia, human rights campaign, um, faced with the anti-LGBTQ plus and transphobic criticism. Anheuser-Busch's uh, actions demonstrate a profound lack of fortitude in upholding its values of diversity and equity and inclusion to employees, blah, 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 blah. This not only lends credence to hate-filled rhetoric, how it exposes Anheuser-Busch to long-term business impacts. And this is the most crucial sentence in this entire piece. It exposes Anheuser-Busch to long-term business impacts with employees and customers increasingly looking for steadfast commitment to LGBTQ plus corporate citizenships. Now, I don't know anybody who actually thinks that way, but this is a direct threat to Anheuser-Busch. Hey, guess what? And it goes through this in the article in more detail. 
if you don't come out and, you know, we're not asking you to just sell beer to transgender people. Of course you should do that. What we're saying you should do is come out and make your company a... Uh, a flashpoint, a billboard for transgenderism. Come out and say, we support transgendered under, uh, people under every uh, flag and we will always do that and we want transgender people and we're going to put all sorts, we're only going to feature transgender people in ads from now on and blah, 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 blah. You have to be affirmative in your support. It's not enough to, remember the whole thing they used to say is tolerance. It's not enough to tolerate. It's not enough to accept. It's not enough to give people equal rights. You have to support. You have to engage. You have to, uh, you have to push all of these movements along. You have to be the, the babysitter, the ma maternal figure for every little group that has any problem with anyone else. You have to be there to coddle them and bring them along through all of these processes. Don't just make beer, make statements. Well, you're dumb if you get involved in that world. Okay, you shouldn't get involved in it. You need to stay out of it. It's important for us to know, though, on the other side, to look at this and say, not all companies are alike. Bud Light is not like other companies that we talk about sometimes. And it's interesting to look at. I came up with five different types of companies. Let's go through these real quick. And I think this sort of designates how we should respond to these particular issues and companies and, and people that are involved in these situations. Five levels of corporate wokeness. Number one is woke and proud of it. And if you think of this, this is like a Ben and Jerry's, right? Ben and Jerry's is going to come out. They're super woke on every issue. They're super liberal on every issue. They don't seem to like Jews very much. They're just going to keep out, come out and say that. They're just going to come out and say it. You know what? Ah, Israel, you know, burns up in a fiery heap. Ah, whatever. They can't buy any of our ice cream. In fact, we're going to pull our ice cream out anyway, just in case someone wants to bomb them. No big deal. We'll let that happen. Uh, they're going to support every left-wing issue. And if you're a conservative and you come out and criticize them or try to boycott them, they'll say, screw you. Our politics matter more to us than the chunky monkey we were about to sell. That's category number one. And it's important to look at this. When, when, when there's a woke controversy that goes on with one of these companies, it's pointless to get all upset about it because you're not going to be able to move them at all. They have a left-wing agenda, and that is forefront in their corporate ideology. Is Disney to this level? Maybe, not quite, not quite, but maybe. They're almost to the Ben and Jerry's level at this point. Uh, number two is neutral to the public, but woke in the boardroom. We see this all the time. At some level, you'd say maybe Disney falls into this category, but there's tons of companies that fall into this category. They come off with the appearance of wanting to sell things to everybody. They're not going to, you know, dissuade a conservative from being involved. But in the boardroom, when they're talking about it on their own, they're saying to themselves, look, we've got a bunch of hicks that, that buy our stuff. Let's, we'll try to please them as much as we can, but let's donate tons of money to left-wing causes. Let's make sure we're at Planned Parenthood all the time, making sure we support them. Of course, we're going to take some of that money from those stupid right-wing people, and then we're going to give it to left-wing people. That's how we're going to approach it. Number three type is neutral in the boardroom, but woke to the public. And honestly, this one might capture Bud Light. Bud Light has never been a particularly outwardly left-wing company. Obviously, they support a lot. You know, a lot of conservatives have drank, have, you know, drink Bud Light over the years. It's not anything that I think has had a real opinion publicly. But there, there is this type of company that is like, look, I want to sell as much crap as I can. 
And I think the trendy thing to do right now to look good, to sell stuff, to, to get the good vibes from the media, good media coverage, get all the accolades that we want. We support these left wing causes, whatever. You know, there's been some complaints about ESG on this front that people are exploiting ESG. They're going after ESG scores and doing left wing things, you know, to uh, basically entertain the woke mobs. In reality, they don't really need they don't really uh, mean it. Number four is neutral and neutral used to be pretty much everybody. Right. All you want to do is sell crap to people. You don't care what political bent they come from. You're out there for capitalism. And this is where we need companies to get to. I'm fine with just being neutral. You don't have to praise conservative values. You don't have to argue for lower taxes and pro-life causes. Just come out and sell me stuff. Get out of the middle of our politics. We don't need you there. We have plenty of stuff there already. And then the last one is not woke and proud of it. If you think of, we have, you know, Patriot Mobile on this channel. When they talk about this, their service to you, they tell you. We're a pro-life, Christian, conservative cell phone service company. And that's, they wear that on, uh, on, their, uh, on their billboards and they're happy. Uh, they're happy to do that. Um, Blaze TV would be another example of that. We're not hiding what we believe. We're telling you. And I like companies like that. But like all we need, we're not asking for miracles here. I'm not asking for Disney to come out and support, uh, you know, pro-life causes. It'd be great, but they're not going to do it. Um, I, I don't know why, because they'd have more children to sell their crap to. But still, they're not going to do it. All we're asking for is a neutrality. Come out. Just sell your crap to us. Let us choose whether to buy it, not based on what genitals your spokespeople are, but instead based on the quality and merit of your company and product. That's the way it used to be, and that's all we want in the future. You've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy. But choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the one that I use. Why? Well, uh, number one, ExpressVPN doesn't log your activity online. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers. What's the point of having a VPN if they're going to do that to you? Number two, speed. ExpressVPN now uses Lightway, a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. I, mean, I don't have my phone with me right now, but you take out your phone, one button, you're on. On your, uh, on your laptop, one little button, one click, you're on uh, through the VPN and you can't be tracked like you were before. Use the link v expressvpn.com slash stew. Go there now, expressvpn.com slash stew. Get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Expressvpn.com slash stew. Visit expressvpn.com slash stew to learn more. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I want to bring in Daniel Horowitz. He's a senior editor of TheBlaze.com and host of Conservative Review for The Blaze, of course, and uh, his latest op-ed. Florida and Texas immigration bills are the only solution to the border invasion. It's available right now at TheBlaze.com. We'll make sure to tweet out a link as well. Daniel, how are you? 
Hey, great to be with you. I still can't believe we're talking about this issue decades into it. Same thing. It never it never seems to end. I want to get into the solutions here in a minute, which you've outlined really well in this op-ed. But can we start in Texas here, Cleveland, mm-hmm. Texas, with a terrible, terrible incident. The way the media is reporting it is basically a crazy person with an AR-15 over there shooting uh, <laughs> shooting guns in the middle of the night. This nice family comes over and says, hey, you, you know, our baby's sleeping. Can you not shoot the gun? He decides instead to turn the gun on them, murders five people. And that's kind of where the coverage seems to end. But there's a little bit more detail that's probably pretty important to know. Indeed it is. And one of the travesties when you bring in millions of illegal aliens within a few years, carte blanche from very violent countries, very different cultures. Well, what happens is you bring in that culture. See, immigration presupposes a flow that is natural. It's vetted. It's the right numbers that could uh, live harmoniously in the United States. But if you bring too many people from the areas that people claim they're trying to, uh, you know, claim asylum from, well, guess what? You're bringing in the problems. And and there's a lot to talk about, Stu. There's a lot to unpack here. This is Liberty County, uh, northeast of Houston, kind of salt of the earth America. It used to be rural area. And now a third of the county is illegal. They just colonized it over time. And you have a lot of this from the agricultural interests. We think of it as an urban problem, but they're increasingly taking over rural areas, changing the culture. And people have complained for years in that area that they were discharging firearms. I guess that's just something they do. And and then you don't do anyone any favors, not just the the people that you uh, induce social transformation without representation to the Americans there, but also there's five illegal aliens that are dead as well, including a child. And this is what we're bringing in. It's this sort of culture. When you have six million apprehensions, uh, half of which remain in the country, this is since Biden took office. And then what is estimated, but we don't know for sure about 2 million gotaways. And these are saturated with bad hombres, uh, drug uh, uh, traffickers, gangbangers, Uh, drunk drivers, sex offenders, um, people like this individual who was deported at least five times came back. So this is a a completely avoidable crime if we would actually deter illegal immigration. Yeah, I mean, it's just so infuriating when when you read this and you see the person's been deported five times. It makes absolutely no sense. And then you feel, I mean, like, look, the other, the people who were murdered were also illegal immigrants. Uh, that doesn't, you know, change the situation sure. and how tragic it was. And to the point of, they actually say that all five of them had no wounds below the neck. These people were executed for seemingly no reason whatsoever. And to your point of the brutality here, we keep hearing from the media that the people who are coming across the border are fleeing violent situations. We have to let them in because they're, they're, they're running away from these violent areas and we have to have sympathy for them. But then at the same time, they will tell us that we are overrun by gun violence and we have this terrible, terrible country which are people are getting shot constantly. I mean, why would we encourage them to come here if our country is so bad? 
Yeah, and, and when you're talking about places like Honduras and El Salvador that are used to this gang violence, uh, gun violence, all sorts of violence, again, numbers matter. Circumstances matter. When you bring in millions of people carte blanche and they create enclaves, you start to bring what you are supposedly fleeing from. We have situations, Washington Post has reported about this in the past, in the county surrounding our nation's capital, ironically, uh, like Prince George's County, Montgomery County, Maryland, uh, and as well as on the Virginia side, you have MS-13 operating in these communities where individuals have to pay a tax for pr protection from them. Uh, literally what happens at home, you're bringing that here. So again, you obviously immigration is supposed to service the American people first and foremost, and it, it, it's a negative. But in, in this case, you're harming those people as well. You're doing nobody favors by turning America into El Salvador. Mm. Um, let's go to the solutions a little bit here. I know you covered this in your piece, and, and, and one of the most frustrating things when looking at this, uh, this situation in Texas with these murders was when they say he was deported five times. We've become so used to terminology like that. Oh, he's been deported five times. He's been deported ten times. There should be no one that is ever deported two times. You get deported once and you come back across that border, we should be treating you like a criminal. You are breaking the law. I mean, you want to do it the first time. I'm kind of okay with that as well. But the second time, certainly after we've sent you home and you decide to violate the law again and come across this border, you're doing something that is outwardly antagonistic to the United States. And instead of us just sending you back and waiting for you to cross over again, we have to do something different. What should we be doing? Sure. So, you know, for I've been covering this for two decades and it's always talked about as if it's some sort of natural disaster. Yeah. It just kind of flows and happens. But, you know, it's in response to incentives and disincentives. And I once wrote a column, the way to uh, you know combat illegal immigration is to actually make it illegal. Um, <laughs> we don't. I mean, we kind of do. But then we say, well, but if you do come, well, here is a driver's license and here is employment and here's K through 12 education, health care and, and refundable tax credits. Um, and actually, actually, we're going to go after people who try to enforce the law. Well, yeah, then they'll come. But if you cut off the magnets, they 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 won't come if they can't get an identity, if they can't get a job, they won't come. And then part of that as well. So there's there's two prongs. Number one, it's the demagnetizing, which is really why interior enforcement is a much more important thing than border security. Border security means nothing because our government is complicit in the trafficking operation with the cartels. You throw another $10 billion at DHS, they're gonna use it for their circuitous operation or perhaps to just spy on Americans, which DHS does. They're not gonna do that. The, the Border Patrol has tripled in size since George W. Bush's time. It, it's not It's not a resource issue. I, I would disagree with those who say it, it's the wall, it's the manpower. It's the, it's it is the incentives you need to demagnetize. And this is where states like Florida and Texas really come in. Um, Florida is doing this mandatory E-Verify felony for trafficking aliens, a program for the state to, to remove them from Florida like he did with like Governor DeSantis did with Martha's Vineyard. Um, this is the type of thing we need to do. But then we also need, like you noted, to punish those that are coming across. So right now it's only gain and no pain. Well, we take away the gain 
and then you apply the pain. There is Texas HB 20, which is very important. Um, it, it creates a, a anti-trespassing laws, makes it a felony to trespass on ranch ranchers property. It uh, obviously creates a border unit among the Texas law enforcement to repel the invasion, but also it prescribes jail time for those who reenter. And Stu, you'll like this. A convicted felon who is caught re-entering, which would cover this guy in Cleveland, Texas, life in prison. And that's what it's going to take to finally deter it. Yeah, because I, I feel like you're right. It, it is at some level we uh, are offended by people who are coming here and breaking the law, <laughs> at least as conservatives we are. But on the other side of it, you look at it from the perspective of someone who is, is south of the border. They look up here and they say, well, they don't take this seriously. What is no. it, a speeding ticket? You know, I mean, it, like, you know, you, you ever, if you've ever gone 55 and a 45, you know how that feels. Like, you know, OK, there could be a punishment. Maybe if I catch the wrong person on the wrong day, I could have some problems. But most likely it'll be a little bit of a hassle if I get caught and that'll be it. Or maybe I'll get a bunch of benefits. Maybe they'll treat me well. I think they treat illegal immigrants in most cases more uh, more positively than they do people who speed on our roadways that are citizens. And, and if you can take those incentives away and make sure that people who do get caught, even if they've been here for multiple years and have set up shop here, we need to take those people just as seriously, if not more seriously, because it shouldn't be a situation where we don't go after people who have been here for a longer period of time. That just incentivizes people to stay here for longer periods of time. Exactly. I mean, these are the arguments I've been hearing for 15 years, but I think the the, the jury is in. The verdict is in. Uh, we already know what this has done. Millions upon millions of illegal aliens later, it's causing every societal ill known to man. It's not good for them. It's not good for us. It's not good for anyone. And this is my message that we cannot wait until 2025 for a possible Republican president. We, you know, you're talking about hundreds of thousands every month. What what the Texas and Florida bills and the Florida bill looks like it's going to be signed into law soon. Texas, we got to fight for it, it, this is something the red states could do tomorrow. If they just make it that you can't get a job, you can't get ID. Um, it's a felony to to work with them, to promote them in any way, then it's game over. I mean, maybe they'll go all to California and, 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 and that's better than going to states like Texas uh, or perhaps they won't come at all. But that's really what this is about. Um, we always put we put a ton of money into border security, but then kind of wink and nod. But if you come, here's a job. Oh, and here's a lawyer, taxpayer funding funded legal help. They have more lawyers than anyone, any industry around any enforcement mechanism. They they sue in court. Um, and you know, what's funny. I was thinking with January 6, the people that are facing 10, 15 years for me merely being in the Capitol. I mean, I've seen for years I've been there on the ground when you had these uh, illegal alien protests. Um, some of them were defecating in in uh, on the floor in congressional offices. They would always disrupt committee hearings. Any Judiciary Committee hearing on immigration for a couple of years was always disrupted mm. and nothing ever happened. So this notion <laughs> that they're operating in the shadows, you know, you hear that a lot. They're undocumented <laughs> operating in the shadows. It's simply not true. They're, they're even brought as guests to the State of the Union. It's a complete joke. So don't continue those interior policies and then throw billions at DHS and say, oh, we need more border security. If you actually make illegal 
immigration illegal, it will stop. That seems like the first step in a, in a very important process. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, the new piece is Florida and Texas immigration bills are the only solution to the border invasion. Be sure to check it out at theblaze.com. We'll put it on Twitter as well. Dan, Daniel, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate you breaking this down for us. Great to be on. Speak to you soon. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Well, good old, remember the good old days when First Republic Bank was a thing? Well, those days are behind us now as First Republic Bank, which we were told was already saved by the government. Uh, well, it's no longer saved because the government had to come in and buy it out or, or take control of it, I guess, and then sell it to J.P. Morgan. This is one of the big banks that was uh, losing depositors like crazy. I want to say they lost about two-thirds of all their deposits, over $100 billion. And you see, the, you see your bank mentioned in these headlines, whether it's rational or not that this bank should be going out of business, you just want to get your money out of it because... Why would you keep it in there? Why risk it? There's a lot of banks, and you just go to a different bank. And this is really what's happening to so many people right now. They're all kind of sitting back and going, I don't think I want any part of these banks. I'm going to maybe take my business elsewhere. A lot of people did, and now uh, First Republic Bank is gone. If you happen to be a customer of First Republic Bank, you can go and get your cash out, though, uh, because J.P. Morgan uh, stepped in on that. If you happen to be a uh, First Republic Bank stockholder, eh, sorry. Because uh, you're, you're toast. It was trading at $147 a share, I think, uh, just like six months ago. It was the 12th biggest bank in America. Could put largest, uh, second largest, excuse me, bankruptcy, uh, basically, of all time. Uh, bank failure, at least. Uh, New York uh, City uh, Council has introduced a new bill which will require richer people to pay more for violations like parking tickets and double parking. So like if you're, you know, you're making uh, 20 grand a year and you're working part time, you get a, a, a parking ticket might cost you 50 bucks. If you're an evil millionaire or millionaire or billionaire, then you are screwed. You're going to wind up paying a lot more than that. And you wonder how long it is until this is just you're just going to have to carry an income card around. And so everyone will know what your income is at all times so they can charge you the thing they want to charge you uh, with punitive costs just because you've achieved something in your life. I know it's a terrible thing. What awful, awful people would make money. I hope you're not one of them. Now, I, I do remember they did a research project on the audience of The Blaze at one point uh, in some conservative media. And this audience were like the most evil rich people. I don't, I don't think they actually did it based on evil but they did do it based on income. And you people were the rich ones. You bastards. I, I don't like any rich people watching the show because I know you just scammed the system. And Bernie Sanders is here to tell us all about how you were screwing the little man. So thank you for watching. We do appreciate that, you evil, evil rich people. Even if there happens to be one out there that's nice and rich... I don't know if that's possible, but we appreciate you uh, as well. By the way, Bernie Sanders does have a new proposal. And you think to yourself, what is Bernie Sanders? We, we ask this question so many times uh, of the left as I sit here next to my repeal the 16th Amendment uh, mug. 
that you can get at repeal16thamendment.com, by the way. And we're talking about taxes. And one of the things that we always have an argument with when the left on taxes is they never tell us what our fair share is. Like, what is the top rate you want us to pay? Okay, we say, look, we think anything, you know, near the rates that we're paying is too high. And they say, you got to pay your fair share. It's got to be higher. So what is that rate? Is it 50 percent, 60 percent, 70 percent? It used to be 90 percent. You're not going to want to go that high, right? Well, guess what? Bernie Sanders got a new proposal for you. The new highest tax rate he wants, 100 percent. I kid you not. He has a new call for confiscating all money that people make over $999 million a year. Now, sure, that is a lot of money. $999 million can pretty much uh, get you set for a little while. But I will say, a 100% tax rate, why would anyone ever, no one's going to pay it, of course, because everyone's going to figure out a way to get out of that and stop at $999 million and put it in some trust or whatever, split it up into companies so you never pay this rate. But this is the stupidity we're dealing with in Washington. Bernie Sanders still there, still doing stupid things. You know, the fact that we have the richest audience in conservative media is incredibly disturbing to me. And if you have a very, very fat pocketbook, you may be looking to buy a house that's so big you can fit an entire city inside. And that makes me physically ill. That's why we're going to tax you at 100%. But until that rate comes through, you might be buying a home soon. And when you're buying that home, you're going to need a real estate agent. And that's why you need realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. They work with the best agents in your area. They, of course, will do their homework for you. They can look through and screen these agents before you do. It's not like picking someone from an ad or going to a website and just clicking the smiling face that's below the house you're looking at. That's no way to pick a real estate agent. You need to have someone who you can trust, and you can do that with realestateagentsitrust.com. A lot of these people are fans of the show. They, you know, like this country. I know it's crazy. Uh, they like this country as much as you do. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the right person in your area, no matter where you live. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out. Okay, Hollywood, I've got a movie idea for you. Let me pitch it for you. Guy who's a basketball player. Pretty good, but not great. Can't succeed in the NBA. Then decides to dress up as a woman go into, you know, the WNBA and dominate the league. And we'll make it a comedy. It'll be hilarious. People will be laughing at the idea that a guy will go in and just dominate women dressed as a woman. It'll be hilarious. If you think that's a good idea for a movie, then you really need to see Juana Man, which came out in 2002. A real movie. I don't know if you remember. It only made like $13 million at the box office, but it was out there. And apparently it's become a favorite of many uh, NBA players. A bunch of NBA players were in it at the time. And it was okay to laugh at stuff like that. And, of course, it was comedy. It was made, you know, basically to just be like, uh, you know, a guy goes in. He's playing the WNBA. He learns all these things about being a woman and doesn't understand it. Blah, 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 blah. The typical thing that you'd expect. Well, They want to make a sequel of of it now. 
And Juana Man 2 may be coming out soon. This is what Miguel A. Nunez Jr. says. He also says Draymond Green, the uh, Golden State Warriors player, wants to have a role in the sequel. Now, to me, it will be surprising if this thing actually gets made. But if it does, the difference is going to be they're going to it's going to be a documentary, basically. Because this is actually going to start happening probably pretty soon. At the very least, it'll be a serious drama about how wrong it is to, you know, uh, dead name some trans person. or so, It will be terrible. But I will say the 2002 version was also pretty terrible. As I've said many times, um, quite often... Art sucks. It's true. Uh, in Seoul, there was an art display of a really crappy piece of art. It was a banana that was taped to a wall. And that's what it looked like. Yes, a banana with a piece of duct tape down the middle. That was it. Well, that was at least it until a per- passerby visiting the museum got hungry. And now this is what the piece of art looks like. Yeah, now it's a half-eaten banana taped to a wall. Now, I guess this has been going on for a while. They change out the banana every few days anyway. Not a big deal. But uh, just to let you know, that's not art. A banana taped to a wall is not art. We've got comments for you on YouTube. Great analysis and commentary. Proud of you and wish more people turned into your podcast. You make so much sense. So many more are right now. Uh, thank you so much, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> um, uh-oh, we will see you on Monday is what I said on Friday. That's basically what Tucker said. R.I.P. Stu, twas a good show. Uh, Sherry says, no, not going back to Fox, not under Murdoch understandable right now and tucker is obi-wan kenobi if you strike him down he will become more powerful than you can imagine five freaking stars please review the podcast five stars is the appropriate number of stars we will see you tomorrow we hope